Hello, and welcome to the Not Doc Martin Show. I'm your host, Anthony Martin, a husband, father, and educator. On the show, we'll talk about a variety of topics, but in the end, they'll all tie back to my fundamental belief that education, in whatever form that may be, can make a difference and change the world. Thanks for dropping in with us for this episode of the Not Doc Martin Show. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on our second episode of the Not Doc Martin Show. Um, today we're going to talk about Confederate statues or Confederate monuments or whatever you want to call them, memorializations of individuals who fought in the Confederate Army. So I know that this is a sensitive subject, and I know that I'm going to probably upset some people with my views, and that's not the intent, but it's my way of sharing my viewpoint on the whole thing. Looking at Confederate statues, I think it's important to understand what the Confederacy was about and understand some of the factors that led to the Civil War. Well. Even that is debatable depending on where you land, because if you are talking to someone who is a descendant or very much steeped in the idea of the antebellum South that we perceive it to be in today's society, they will argue that it shouldn't be called the Civil War, that it should be called the War Between the States. But that's a topic for a different day. So going back and looking at the Confederate statues, let's, let's talk about that. We often hear people arguing, oh, we're forgetting history by removing these monuments. We're forgetting history. We're sanitizing it. We're getting rid of it. We're not uh, letting people remember great American heroes. Well, I'm just going to tell you right there, if those are the American heroes, then I have some serious questions about what your definition of what America is. So to understand Confederate monuments, you have to understand that those monuments or statues are built for individuals who decided either individually or as part of the states they lived in to leave the United States of America or attempt to leave uh, for four years anyway. Um, and depending on where you look and what you read and what literature you read, you will often hear that the main cause of this disagreement or that the reason these southern states left or tried to leave the, the Union and become the Confederate States of America is because of states' rights. Uh, you'll hear that there is the opinion that the federal government at the time was imposing too many laws and all the laws were thought up by northerners put into place to oppress the southern people and to take away their freedoms and to take away their economic livelihood now when you start to look at that a little deeper you think oh well that's a valid reason if half the nation is proposing laws that victimize through their lens the other half, then why would you want to stay a part of that union? Why would you want to maintain your residency in that country? Why would you want to send your tax dollars to that organization who is fighting against you? But when you look a little deeper and you really start to analyze the text of the secession documents, you'll find the word slavery is mentioned far more often in those documents than economic uh, casualties or uh, states' rights. 
um, what you hear nowadays is about the states' rights and about the economic pieces that the North were putting on the South and taking away from them. But that's the narrative you hear now. That is what is commonly referred to as the lost cause narrative. And so when you look at it from that lens, then maybe their fight seems justified. I will tell you, I don't think it was justified. I think that it those comments and that way of thinking is a way to cover up the idea that the reality is that the Civil War, the war between the states, the, the secession, all of those pieces, whatever you want to call them, the war between the war of rebellion, any of those pieces that you want to call it, at the end of the day, it all is the same thing. It all is the southern portion of the United States chose to leave. And ultimately, I believe and will continue to believe based upon what I've read from various literature sources, not just what is put in front of me in the classroom, but by looking out there and finding other pieces available, I believe that the sole, the, not the sole cause, but the primary cause that we would find is slavery. And the uh, fact that President Lincoln wanted to end slavery or at the very least limit the expansion of it in the new states that were coming into the Union at that time. And so when you look at it from that lens, their cause doesn't look as worthy. And it, and it puts it in a lens that you fought a war over owning other people. I completely get if I was a descendant of one of these individuals who fought in the Confederate side of things, which to be perfectly honest, I probably am given my family's ancestry from the middle portion of the United States and the fact I've been told that my great times 13 grandfather had a plantation. I am quite sure I have ancestors who fought for the Confederate States of America. And when I think of that, I don't think of that in the terms of, I don't want to think that my ancestors fought to keep slavery alive. I want to think that they fought to keep the state's rights, which I completely agree with. I, I am a huge proponent of a small federal government or small government in general. But I think using that, using the idea that it's a war between states over states' rights to justify the, the Civil War and to justify the way of life prior to the Civil War it is not valid. And so taking a look at these monuments, you know, the, the history of these monuments is really not that old. The majority of Confederate monuments are less than 100 years old or right at about around 100 years old. And the majority of these monuments or statues or whatever you would like to call them were not put into place by the federal government or actually by any government entities. They were allowed to be put into place by those entities, but they were done by private groups. Uh, perhaps the, the most famous of these are the United Daughters of the Confederacy. Um, and so the United Daughters of the Confederacy is a nonprofit group that seeks to keep the ideas of the Confederacy, meaning their memory and their memorialization alive. Um, when you go to their websites, um, it's a very interesting read in that it's, it talks about <clears throat> wanting to preserve the ideas of the antebellum South. 
Well, the idea is that the antebellum South are great if you were a rich white person who owned a plantation. Uh, but the, the reality of the antebellum South isn't what we see and hear about these wonderful, huge plantations where everyone lived harmoniously. So, um, that wasn't the case if you were a black or even if you were a poor white. Um, the antebellum South probably was not a very forgiving place if you fell into one of those categories. And so, but what happened was after the war, no one wants to believe that their ancestors or their fathers or their brothers or their husbands died in vain. I completely understand that. So the United Daughters of the Confederacy was formed to protect the memory of their, their ancestors. And along with that, uh, the Sons of the Confederate Veterans was formed. And so you have these two groups that are dedicated to the idea of promoting a legacy for these individuals who fought the Confederate War. Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee, Nathan Bedford Forrest, all of these names that, that you would see all over the place if you were visiting some of these Civil War battlegrounds in the southern portion of the United States. And so these organizations, predominantly United Daughters of the Confederacy, did fundraising. They had huge political uh, power back in the day and were able to put up hundreds, hundreds of markers and milestones and monuments memorializing these individuals who basically said, I don't want to be a part of the United States. I'm going to fight you to leave the United States and I'm willing to die to keep coming back to the United States. And at the end of the day, it ultimately surrounded the fact that the northern states wanted to abolish slavery um, or at the very least limit it. And so when you when you look at it from that perspective, no one wants to think of their ancestor in those terms. So these organizations the UDC and the SCV have worked, not necessarily together, but worked on their own and with other organizations to promote this idea that these statues, these monuments are a part of the United States history. They are a part of who we are as a nation. They're a part of the Southern heritage. Well, I'm not disagreeing that they aren't part of our history. I think it's super important that we learn about the Civil War and the issues that led to that, predominantly the issue of slavery. But I think it's important we learn about it, it factually, not through the lens of those who lost uh, or just the lens of those who won. Um, history is often written by the victors, but this is one of those cases where we welcomed the Southern states back into the fold. We said, you're our brethren, come back to the United States, and basically all will be forgiven. Um, you don't hear about the Confederate generals and, and Jefferson Davis, the, the president of the Confederacy, being tried for war crimes and being uh, hung or being executed for the crimes and things that happened during this war. No, we just said, okay, we're gonna help you rebuild the South and we'll move forward. Well, during this rebuilding, the reconstruction of the South, if you will, when the federal government was there, and during the time when African-Americans or blacks, depending on which term you prefer to use as an individual, um, during that time, this is when they received their freedom. And if you look at, 
events in history, you will notice that when they receive their freedom, when they receive the right to vote, when all these pieces that were happening, there is a correlation to the number of statues and monuments honoring Confederate generals and Confederate uh, lawmakers and politicians. That is, I would say, not by chance. Um, so I would say that that's because what better way to remind people of their place than to put up statues of heroes who fought to keep them uh, enslaved. Uh, if I were a black person and I walked up to a voting booth at a courthouse and it had a statue of Nathan Bedford Forrest, I, I don't know, 100 years ago, would I have felt comfortable trying to walk in there to vote or would I have gotten the intimidation that I'm not welcome and that I shouldn't be there? It was another way to keep people in their place. It was another way to prolong and elongate the enslavement of individuals for the financial benefit of others. And so you have these organizations that really put a spin on what we believe Southern life was like prior to the Civil War, on what we believe life was like for both blacks and whites back then. You have this image of plantation owners who loved their slaves, who loved the people who worked for them, the people who they owned, literally owned. They owned them. They could do what they want. You made them mad. You know what? You're getting sold down the river. Literally, that, that's what the phrase means, is that you could be sold down the river to a different plantation owner on a day's notice, less than a day's notice, and your whole family could be stripped apart from you just like that. Um, we don't talk about that to the extent that we should. Um, it's an uncomfortable topic. Uh, I, as a white male, it, it makes me uncomfortable because I know, I know based upon family history and based upon what I've been told, that my I have ancestors who were plantation owners. And if you were a plantation owner, chances are very, very, very likely that you were a slave owner. I'm not proud of that. I, I wish that wasn't part of who I am or part of who my history is, but it is. Um, do I feel like I need to go up and apologize to every black person I meet? I'm sorry that my great, 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 whatever grandfather owned slaves 150 years ago, 200 years ago, however long ago it was. I don't think I need to, but I do think I need to acknowledge that. And I do think I need to take a look and see what pieces I can do to help change that. And so that brings us back to the topic of these monuments and statues and that were put into place by these individuals who believed that what their ancestors did was right, that they, that they have put it in a way that justifies the actions of those who died as a result. And so you have all these monuments, all these legacies, and all these groups dedicated to the, the preservation of this idea that the Confederate States trying to leave trying to completely secede and maintain its own country away from the United States was a good thing. And I'll be honest with you, if you were to talk to some people in the South, chances are they would probably agree with that concept to this day. And they would say that you're exactly right, that it should be this day. It was a war between the states. It was a war between the war of Northern aggression with the Northerners trying to tell us under Southerners what to do. And so if you look at it from that perspective, then it totally makes sense 
totally 100% makes sense to keep those monuments. But I want to offer a different perspective. And I want to offer the perspective of the fact that these individuals chose to leave the United States. The, these states that were part of the Confederate States of America, those individuals said, you know what, we don't want to be part of the United States anymore. And so as a result, that we fought a four-year war. Countless numbers of casualties on both sides, whites, blacks, and all of them Americans. And why? Because we were fighting each other. It was not a war against another country. It was not a war against uh, other people in faraway places. It was Americans versus Americans. It was neighbors. It was brothers. It was fathers and sons and grandpas and grandsons fighting against each other. And some of the re some of the estimates put the death toll uh, over 600,000 people. Every single one of those, someone who was an American. Now, the reality is that number was probably far likely higher, but every single one of those would be counted as an American loss of life. That's huge. It is such a large percentage of the population of the time who went to fight a war to basically preserve or get rid of slavery. And so when you look at it in the terms of the fact that the war was in essence to abolish or to keep the institution of slavery, then you start looking at those individuals who fought for the Confederate States and think, I, I don't know that we should memorialize them. If you go around the country and find the number of Robert E. Lee statues or Jefferson Davis monuments, I guarantee you, you're going to find more than that than some of our presidents of the United States of America. Why is that? And why are these so important that we needed to have them all over the place, all over the South, and not just the South? Did you know in California we have monuments, markers, memorializing individuals who were leaders in the Confederacy? Uh, the Robert E. Lee tree and the giant sequoias. Um, there's Jefferson Davis highway markers. Uh, recently removed in San Diego, but there's one uh, from best I can still tell still in Fort Tejon and in Bakersfield. There are California chapters of the United Daughters of the Confederacy. There's multiple chapters. If you do a quick search, you'll be able to find, I believe it's like 10 of them in the state of California who are an active portion of the United Daughters of the Confederacy. Moving to the Sons of the Confederate Veterans, you'll find the same thing. They have active chapters all throughout the state. Now, how active they are vary from place to place, but that tells you that that mindset is still alive today. And California wasn't even a Confederate state, and yet we have markers for Confederate soldiers here. What sense does that make? We don't honor Winston Churchill. We don't have any markers here for that. We don't honor the people who we seceded from when the United States came into being. We don't have markers for Adolf Hitler, for Mussolini, for all of these people, for Stalin, and all of these people who, who were enemies of the United States. The reality is the Confederate States of America, those soldiers, those leaders were enemies of the United States of America at one point. Yes, they came back into the fold, but did they really? Or did they just mount an underground, uh, underneath, under the surface attack on the way things were? 
And so if they couldn't win the war through fighting, then they were going to win it through the campaign afterwards and the way that history is taught and the way that history was written. If you look at the number of history books in the southern portion of the United States and their standards aligned with the United States history, and it talks about the Civil War, the first thing it talks about the causes is states' rights. Slavery is listed four or five items down the road. I know that there's a huge debate among certain historians about what was the actual cause, but I think if you really boil it down, whether it was economics or states' rights, the states' rights that they wanted to fight for was the right to own slaves. So at the end of the day, slavery was the main cause. And so looking at it from that lens, there's no reason to maintain these statues. There's no reason to maintain these monuments. I don't think that we sanitize history by doing that. I think that we should have never put them up in the first place. These aren't 10,000 year old statues that have been around forever that are the remnants of a lost society that are the, re the remains of some other great nation that existed long before us. No, we got rid of those. Um, the, the, an example of that would be the Taliban when they blew up the statues of Buddha. Those were thousands of years old and they were destroyed by the Taliban. I, I'm not for that. I'm not for the destruction of statues. I don't, I'm not for the destruction of monuments that are to our founding fathers, although I think that there should be quantifiers and I think it's important to recognize that those individuals were flawed and that many of them also owned slaves and believed many of the same facets and that they weren't perfect and that they may have not been great human beings. Did they do great things in establishing this country? Absolutely. But when we're talking about monuments to Confederate soldiers, to Confederate leaders, to presidents of the Confederacy, why do those have a place in a country where that country no longer exists? There's no reason for us to have them. I don't advocate for individuals going and tearing down statues for a number of reasons because then it begs the question of what statues get tore down, which ones stay up, who gets to decide what's right, what's wrong. And there'll always be those conversations. But I think that there needs to be a way for us to address the removal of these statues. Or at the very least, if they're going to remain in a public setting that we have statues of individuals who fought against them and there can be a truly accurate display of what was going on at the time. If we're going to have statues of Confederate leaders, then you need to have next to them statues of abolitionists who fought for the freeing of the slaves. You need to have those African Americans who did amazing great things during the Civil War and prior to the Civil War and after the Civil War that counteracted and contradicted the, the things that those individuals from the Confederacy stood for. You can't have one without the other. If you're going to have one, then you have to have the other. And if you're not willing to have the second, then we do need to remove the first. And naming schools, naming buildings, naming all of that after historical figures from the Confederacy, I'm not certain what purpose it serves. Um, when you look at schools across the United States, there are a number of them that are Robert E. Lee schools or Nathan Bedford Forest or so on and so forth with different Confederate leaders. 
we don't do that with people from England. Um, when we when we said when we declared our independence from England, we said peace out, we're gone, and we don't have statues and schools named for English kings and queens from before then. And if we do, they're they're far and few between. But they also don't have such the connotation that our Confederate uh, schools and monuments have. So I would encourage you to, to think about that. If you, if you think that we should be keeping Confederate statues, I would ask why. Why do you think that we need to have them? What is the purpose? Um, I'm not going to disagree with you necessarily. I may, but I, I don't see a purpose in keeping them around when all they do is serve to divide a country. And I'm not saying that we should eliminate things just because they're divisive. No, 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 no. Quite the opposite. I think we need to have these conversations where we can talk about these type of things and have an open conversation. Talk about why those statues were put in place. Not the not the reason to that is put out there that they were put to memorialize the bravery of those fighting for states' rights. No, the reality is they were put there as a, as an, a sign of oppression in a lot of instances. They were put there to remind people to stay in their place. Black people. Black people who were newly freed and that they could no longer control because they no longer owned them. But this was a way to put them and remind them of their place. Statues, memorials, monuments, schools, highways, trees, things named for thing for people whose sole purpose was to create a country where it was legal to continue owning people. I don't think that that has a place in our country. I don't think it should. And believe me, I love history. I my that concentration is in United States history. I, if I had an ideal job outside of teaching, I would love to be a historian who did nothing but absorbs the history of our country. But it's important to note that the history of our country is often sanitized in the versions that we read in the classroom or the versions that we're presented through various stories and films over the years. And a lot of that was done to help ease the pain for Southern whites who had fought for the Confederacy. It was done to make it easier for them to reassimilate back into the United States and not feel like they were second-class citizens. And so while that allowed for reconstruction, while that allowed for all of that to happen, it also created the instances where we're now seeing all these statues were put into place and the lost cause mentality was, was developed this idea that we're going to preserve the legacy of this beautiful life that was in place prior to the Civil War. And so my suggestion would be for you to look up. Look up. See what monuments are in your state. Do you feel that it's fitting? Should there be a Jefferson Davis Memorial Highway in California? Should there be one at all? Should there be a Robert E. Lee tree in the great sequoias. Uh, should we have uh, monuments that are located anywhere that celebrate individuals who fought against the principles of the country? And those principles being all men are created equal. If all men are created equal, then what gives one man the right 
to own another man or woman in that matter. So I think that you should work to see what these monuments are really about, and not just on the surface, and not just the plaque attached to them that was written by those people who funded and put it into place. Also look and see why, when they were put into place. A lot of people who f are fighting for these monuments and these statues don't realize that there are statues that were put into place as recently as 2015 at, in some of our southern states. And the oldest, the oldest is 1869. So at most, the oldest statue or Confederate monument is 150 years old. That's not very old in the grand scheme of things. And at the end of the day, the Confederacy lasted a total of four years. This is not a country that was around for thousands of years. This was not a civilization or an organization that, that did great things for the world. No, this was a way of life that wanted to be continued because economically it made more sense for those people in the South to own slaves. Because then once they paid for them, they were yours. And whatever you did to them was just fine. And so thinking of it in those terms, I don't see why we need to keep them around. I don't see why they need to be in our society today. I don't see why we need to memorialize individuals who fought against what we stand for as a country. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. I'd be curious for you to share with me on Facebook or Twitter what your thoughts are and why you feel one way or the other. Um, I, as I said, I'm a huge proponent of history and I believe that all too often in our time now that we sanitize it and make it a nice clean version because, oh, kids can't hear this or we don't want to make someone seem bad or they were a great leader for the United States and we don't want to take away from that. I think it's important to put it in the context. They, just because you're a great leader in one area doesn't make you spectacular everywhere. And just because you were a horrible person in one regard doesn't mean that you didn't do some great things in your life. Looking at it from this perspective, and this is the thought that I'll, I'll close us with today, is when you look at the Confederate States of America, the Confederacy, and those individuals who are memorialized by those monuments, is it really all that different than if Germany had statues of Adolf Hitler around today? How would you feel about that? And if you're uncomfortable with Germany having statues of Adolf Hitler today, you should be uncomfortable with the United States of America having statues of Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee. Thanks for joining us today and have a great one. Thanks for joining in today. I hope you found something useful in the episode and that it inspired you to seek out some information and to cause the change that you wanted to see. If you'd like to find out more information about me, please find me on Facebook or Twitter at DocMartin2013. Thanks again for joining us, and make sure to come back for more great episodes of the Not Doc Martin Show.